Fred Ricciani, the Sports Courier Podcast. We are going to be recapping the year in WWE. All things going on in 2019. Heading into 2020, the XFL launch. The rise of Becky Lynch. Daniel Bryan's resurgence. Kofi Kingston's breakthrough. Brock Lesnar reclaiming the world title. And much, much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our WWE 2019 Year in Review episode. WWE in 2019. I got to say, for a year in which these massive TV deals began, SmackDown five-year deal for $2 billion, hundreds of millions of dollars for Monday Night Raw from USA Network. Uh, I think the NXT deal is like tens of millions of dollars from USA Network as well. Debbie is making money hand over fist, but I feel like 2019, outside of some great matches, particularly in NXT... It's kind of just like a year for WWE, a dull year. I mean, it's cool that, that we saw Kofi Kingston emerge as champion. It's great that we saw women headline WrestleMania and Becky Lynch, you know, getting her due. And that's awesome. And the women have been dominating and, and kicking ass and taking the, the spots that they deserve and they've earned. And I, I love that. I love the fact that it's just an afterthought now that a woman's headlining a Raw or SmackDown because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, there are some of the bigger stars on the roster. Right, but you know, you look at th- this year, and it's had a lot of low periods. I mean, Brock Lesnar is champion again, and I like Brock, but I'm just saying, again, the <laughs> Kingston reign didn't necessarily light the world on fire. Uh, you know, Randy Orton, guys like that, still on top. Um, you know, just Baron Corbin. They did a whole storyline around this time last year about how Baron Corbin was a terrible wrestler and terrible for ratings, which I don't think is a terrible wrestler, but. His main event push did not do well in the ratings. That was true, which they made into a real storyline. And here we are a year later. They're still pushing this guy like crazy. And there's uh, there's more talented guys out there. He's not bad. I'm sure he works hard. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But there's just so much other talent. And just in general, I feel like it's been a dull year in, in 2019 for WWE outside of the, the cash flow and some occasional great matches. What do you think? I mean, on the business side, like I said, they're, they're between – I never thought I'd see – WWE on Fox's flagship station or making $2 billion. That's insane. And then the developmental league, I think the NBA wishes, like, you know, they can get on a, their G League can get on a, on a platform like, like USA, USA, you yeah. know? Uh, and, and it's not, develop- I don't think that's fair to call them developmental anymore, even though they're still going through that performance center to feed them into the roster. But, I you know, it's weird. It's it's a weird year and influx for WWE. You had Kofi Kingston, which was one of the coolest moments in Mania. You had, you know, the women headlining WrestleMania. Uh, Johnny Gargano, just insane match after insane match. He really is just a takeover. You had you know Adam Cole, like a lot of lot of lot of positives. And then you went over some of them. I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan. I don't get it. I don't get it. And and the way they squash Kofi, I mean, it makes sense because in real life, I don't care how good of a wrestler Kofi Kingston was at Boston College. I got a sneaky suspicion Brock is better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's still believable, but still, um, the Cain Velasquez thing, I got to see Cain Velasquez at the AAA show uh, at the theater here uh, in Madison Square Garden. And, yo, Cain Velasquez looked like a young Scott Steiner, the one that was doing Frankensteiner. Wow. You know? That's a great yeah. comparison. That's, that's, a, that's a really f- uh, favorable comparison. He was doing, like, handstands. Like, it wasn't the prettiest, most, you know, it wasn't 
we're not talking Ultimo Dragon here, <laughs> but like, yo, he was showing an athleticism that like, man, this this could work. And then to have it be such a squash match at uh, in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia itself is problematic, although that's also part of making money hand over fist. That, the plane ride, a new plane ride from hell, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, to me, for every good thing that they did, like, Kofi and Becky and Shayna Baszler and and you know Survivor Series was really really cool the way they incorporated NXT. There's still clunkers like Bray Wyatt and Hell in a Cell. How do you ruin Hell in a Cell? Like I never want to I never want to see that as a match again after the way that ended. I mean for and and that's kind of been the feast of famine here for WWE. I think that wasn't a bad pay per view, but all anyone's ever going to remember was that horrible finale to Hell in a Cell. We're okay with seeing Mankind going over the cage. Seen her a million times. Hell, they use it to promote the thing. Sledgehammer to the face with all those ladders and stuff. All of a sudden, nuts. I, 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 they, they, they stopped the match. It apparently wasn't a DQ. It was just a no contest. But yeah, right. they, they, this is the, a year where they had some great breakthroughs like Becky, uh, like Kofi, uh, like even Bray at the beginning with the new Fiend character. I still and, love and, the feet character. And they just they they fumbled a lot of a lot of these things with you know some dull feuds and uh, I mean I mean look I I, I do think it, to some extent you know there's some talent needed to step up like I think Kofi with all due respect to him didn't step up in promos his match quality didn't exactly go up but he also didn't necessarily work with a whole lot of main event caliber guys no. uh, you know as far as far as like where they were at in the card but you know you you can make the argument it was fifty fifty on one hand Eddie B should have made him act a little more serious after he won the title, and then they should have probably given him some more guys at Randy Orton's level. But, you know, you know it speaks to a, a bigger issue, too. Like you said, the clunkers, like, they don't protect stipulations. You know, Hell in a Cell, like, how can you possibly care about Hell in a Cell next year? Uh, they, don't, they don't protect a lot of main event guys. You know, there's very few guys mm-hmm. that are protected. I mean, outside of Brock and, you know, maybe Brian, because Brian's so great and he's damn near bulletproof. And I, I guess Bray, to an extent, just because he no-sells everything, I mean, who were they really protecting? I, mean, I guess, Be- I mean, Becky, I mean, look, even Kofi was protected most of the year, but yeah. then you just you squash him in six seconds. And, yo, I'm not saying he has to beat Brock. I'm just saying give him a little bit more than six seconds. Like, give him, like, I, at least I agree. Few, give him at least a few minutes. And you know what? If he, lo- if he loses to Brock in six seconds, all right. But at least have him cut a fiery babyface promo and have him, like, wrestle Brock in Saudi Arabia or something, or maybe on right. another SmackDown or at Survivor Series or something, just at least give him some credibility. If you get squashed again, you get squashed again, so be it. Let it be part of, like, like a real sport. Let it be part of the career narrative, right? Yeah. Tito Ortiz, until Chuck Liddell was old as hell, could not beat Chuck Liddell. Let's just keep it real. He could never, yeah. be, he could never be a prime Chuck Liddell, right? That was Absolutely. Like, it's kind of like Daniel Cormier with John Jones. Like I was about to that, say that. that. That's the boogeyman. So in that, se- in that sense, like, that would have been cool. Like, okay, you want to you want to have Brock just beat him. Okay, have him beat him, but beat him twice. Give him some credibility. Instead, they just shift him back to a tag team, and he's great with the New Day. But yeah, you know, am I ever going to really take Kofi seriously as a main eventer again? That, that that's that's going to be really really tough to do. And uh, you know, even with the people that they have pushed, that they have people <coughs> protected, you got like a guy like Seth Rollins who was in a boring feud with Baron Corbin, who's been given some really bad dialogue. He hasn't done himself any favors on social media. And, no. and I, I think too, it's just. A lot of these acts don't come off as that cool. And I think that's the other thing. Like, Bray appeals to people because he comes off a little cool. But even then, there's, like, some cringe moments, like the red lighting <laughs> with, with yeah. the Hell in a Cell and, and all his other matches. And now he has a belt that has, like, his 
masked face on it. It looks like a complete toy, which, by the way, they're selling for seven grand on DW.com. I saw that. Oh, it's more God. expensive. It's more expensive than Daniel Bryan's uh, eco-friendly belt. It looks Yo, it's like. more expensive than a down payment in New York City. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, they've, they've had some great opportunities, but I feel like, and, and look, they made some great strides at NXT. You mentioned Survivor Series. They put over NXT humongously. Huge, huge. Storytelling. Again, storytelling. Yeah. They yeah. told that pay-per-view was telling you a story that these young guns in NXT are coming, that Shayna Baszler is as good, if not better, than Becky or Charlotte or Asuka. You know what I mean? They, they were telling a story with the men's division. That was a cool moment with Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, I, but you know what? Those moments have become so few and far between, right? Like, okay, Kofi King, you know what's funny? We talked about Twitter before when we were going over AEW. Mm-hmm. They, they tweeted, I think it was Fo- the Fox Twitter account for Deadly tweeted out a graphic of what a 2019 and a majority of the pictures that they, that they had in that tweet were from the month of WrestleMania. What's really, what's really gone down since then, excluding NXT, which has had some fire matches and angles. What's gone down really since then has been like, Oh my God, you know, beyond like survivor series and stuff like that. It it gets few and far between, right? I mean, off the top of your head after WrestleMania before survivor series, Think of like a moment that that like really sticks out to you. That's like, oh man, that was awesome. Not that not that it was appalling or oh my god, but that was awesome. Is there one that like comes to mind like right away? Outside of NXT, I'm blanking on one. I know there's one I probably like, and I can't think of it at the moment. Um, but no, there has there wasn't between that gap. It was more of, oh god, they just did Kane wrong, and oh god, they just this is can't be the end to Hell in a Cell. And what's again messed up? I remember. Here's how I messed up. I remember liking some matches at Hell in a Cell, thinking this is not a bad pay-per-view until it ended. Becky and Sasha was great. Thank you. Okay, I was blanking. Becky and Sasha, I know there was another match in that card where I was like, oh my God, this is main roster-wise potential match of the year. Yeah, Becky and Sasha. And 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 then Hell in a Cell happened. You're right. That 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 opened that opened a pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a great start to it. And there was another match. I think AJ was in a decent match as well. Um and outside of the NXT moments, um, yeah, between Survivor Series, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, I'm I sure there were some good matches here and there, but you know what? It just, again, it was few and far between. It's not at the tip of your tongue. It's not at the top of your mind because there was a lot of, you know, just sameness. A lot of and, Baron Corbin, a lot of Lacey Evans, who has improved, but like pushing her way too early. A lot and, of the same matches over and over again. The 50-50 booking. We get Cedric Alexander getting pushed. Then next week, we get Humberto Carrillo being pushed. Then next week, it's another random mid-carder being pushed. What happened to Ali's push? Yeah, and a lot, Ali, a lot thank of, you. A, a lot of people forget Kofi Kingston stepped in for an injured Ali. I don't, we don't even know if, if this was how it was supposed to happen. I, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like you know Vince caught lightning in a bottle with, with Kofi. But people forget that was... Ali's spot, kind of ish. If dude, I remember dude, correctly. lightning in a bottle. Chad Gable, who's out Shorty G, which is just pathetic. An Olympian is willingly allowing himself to be called Shorty G. Whatever. Neither here nor there. Point is, he was getting over. He was getting. He was connected with the fans during that King of the Ring tournament. And even yeah. Baron Corbin, I gotta say, had some really good matches in that tournament. And those guys had phenomenal chemistry. They did. So you put they- over Baron Corbin. And yet he's still coming off as, as such a goof. And look, if you're going to push Baron Corbin, even if I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, make him be taken seriously. Instead, it's a, it's like they take the crappiest lame material that just makes Vince McMahon giggle, and only Vince McMahon, 
and, right. and, and just give it to him. And, and and they have these stupid angles like dog food, and you know he, he's he's doing all this thing like, oh, you're all my subjects. I'm the king. Like just this this crappy Seamus King of the Ring 2010 starter kit. It's just brutal. Like you know what, Baron Corbin. There was a time in NXT where Baron Corbin was just coming out squatting <coughs> dudes and, and and going to the back. And I, I, I think had Baron Corbin been brought up like that in the main roster where he just typically squashes dudes, gets over a few moves, is a badass. I think that's fine because he's a deceivingly big guy. Like if you're going to put a badass him, finisher too. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of his, but there's ways you can accentuate his positives, and instead he just leave him out there forever. And then Chad Gable, he started gaining some momentum. What's he doing now? Yeah. I, you know, and, it, it, that's a story, like, every year they have a new guy. Apollo Crews, let's push him for a couple weeks. Eh, let's move him back down the card. And and that's the thing, like, I don't, you know, they, they got a lot of talent there that could probably use a change of scenery. I, I think someone like Shorty G, because I can't call him anything else now. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. But I, I, but I feel like even with that Shorty G moniker, he could do well in AEW. Like, uh, you know. Or in Japan, uh, oh my god. Can you imagine Shorty oh, they'd G love in New Japan. Japan? Oh, they love him in New Japan. That strong style? In, in the crew, in the junior heavyweight division? I, he'd put on classics with Will Ospreay. He'd put on classics with Shin, uh, Shingo. Shinjo. Um, you know, I, you know, there's certain guys. I, and, I, and, you know, going to what you were saying earlier, maybe that's why Buddy Murphy versus Roman Reigns kind of stood out. By the way, are we noticing a pattern here that Roman Reigns kind of plays well with these young kids? Even though he's the biggest dog in the yard, and, yeah, he's going to get the W. Um, Roman Reigns has been unbelievable this past year. And let me tell you something. That I, it, it's it's a testament to him getting back in ring shape and, and overcoming cancer again and, yes. and being able to, to, to do his thing. But it's also a testament to how bad JDB booking is where even though he is a big star and the crowd is finally positively reacting to him, it's a testament to how bad JDB booking is that he isn't a bigger star after coming back from cancer, after saying, I'm in remission, y'all. And, and it's a testament to how incompetent JDB booking is that he hasn't been world champion since he's come back. And maybe they're building it up to WrestleMania and Probably. want to wait it out some more. But to me, when you have a guy like that that's marketable, I was in Fast and Furious, or not Fast and Furious, the, the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. and, and he's a, you know, he's got all the, the tools he's, he's, he's always had, but I feel like he's just leveled up his game, and he finally kind of has that respect with the audience. Like, this is the time to strike the iron while it's hot. And I have a feeling what they're going to do is they're going to put him in some awful feud with Bray Wyatt unless Daniel Bryan can save us from the, the Fiend title reign. And, you know, he'll eventually win the title, but it's going to be, I feel like it'll be similar to kind of the other title wins he had, where it's like, okay, he's champion. Anticlimactic. Yeah, na- now what? And, and to me, he's a guy, like, right now, like, Brock Lesnar's awesome, but Brock Lesnar is, is sporadic, and we've seen the Brock Lesnar show for years and years. I right. think SmackDown would benefit greatly from a Roman Reigns title run, just holding on to the title, giving him a Cena-like reign, but giving him some badass opponents to work with. And I think that's big, been one of the biggest issues Roman Reigns has had since he's been a single star. Back in the day, John Cena had Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and Triple yeah. H and Shawn Michaels and all these dudes that could help get him over and bring him to that next level. And, and not just bring him to the next level, but give him credibility in the audience's eyes. Who's Roman Reigns, realistically speaking, really had to work with? He worked at Big Show and Kane in the twilight of their careers. Right. Old Triple H. An old Undertaker. He's again. He's still a big star, but he could be even bigger, and he should be even bigger. Like, and I—that's kind of the thing. That's why you know, I—I don't—I don't say it lightly when I—I I think that Murphy and, and and Roman Reigns kind of threw a match of the year quality match, uh, because 
he's getting to work with guys that are not big and plotting. He's always been kind of that giant killer type uh, that McMahon seems to like as far as building up. But, you know, I, I'd like to see him more against Nakamura. And maybe it's not Nakamura that gives you 60 at the Tokyo Dome, but I, I think Nakamura and Roman can throw a damn good match by WWE standards. And again, I grade it on a curve because it, it's every it's, it's all different wrestling. I can't I can't grade Roman on an Okada curve. You know, Okada they let him go 60. Maybe Roman can go 60. We don't know. We don't. You know, the, the opportunity isn't there. I, I'd almost argue that as far as the main roster, Roman was the the wrestler, the male wrestler of the year. Uh, over at least over Seth um, in the main roster, over Bray. Again, that clunker at Hell in a Cell kind of has me. I think the, uh, you know you can make an argument for Daniel Bryan. Um, Daniel Bryan did a phenomenal job bringing up Kofi Kingston and, and making him in that WrestleMania match. That, to me, is actually my match of the year for main roster 2019, that, that Kofi and Bryan match, just because it was – and the finish like, itself was so decisive, but it just, right. it just worked. Yeah, like that was a way to get over a guy. Daniel Bryan to me, he's kind of like may, maybe Roman's like the wrestler of the year for WWE outside of Adam Cole as far as main roster goes. Right. But I, I think Bryan might be the wrestler of the decade just because of how he's been so versatile, and he, in some ways, is kind of like a modern flair in a sense that he's great at getting over anybody he's in the ring with. He's he's great at making all his opponents look good, from Eric Rowan to Luke Harper to you know Roman Reigns a few years back. Uh, he even had a, managed to have a decent match at Bray with that red lighting at Survivor Series. It, yeah. he, he got over Kofi Kingston twice between Elimination Chamber and, and WrestleMania. Like, he's done an unbelievable job over the years of just bringing opponents to another level and making people care. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that me and my podcast partner has have in common is that we, we love mic skills. Sometimes you can get over with us if you got great mic skills. And Daniel Bryan makes you give a damn. Whether it's the – I remember I, – I can go back as far as with Kane and him as a tag team being in therapy to the Echo Warrior. <laughs> that was like – you know what? And it's a lot like Jericho. The Jericho finds ways to reinvent himself and stay fresh and relevant no matter what the era. And, and you know, when you think back to heel American Dragon Ring of Honor, you know, Daniel Bryan, who was quote-unquote too small for WWE, to now where, you know, he's – He's running on all cylinders. He's, I guess, working a little safer now compared to, you know, compared to when he was younger. Um, I, I hope Osprey pays attention to that. Sometimes you got to work a little safer. Hiromu, time bomb, please. Uh, you know, uh, I, I digress, but you know, I, you know, he's he's still got a lot of left in the tank, and and I think this Bray Wyatt thing might be interesting. I thought the first time they feuded with the Wyatt family thing was interesting swerve and daniel bryan's a type of guy and so is bray wyatt where they like they know people you know guys like me remember that wyatt family and they're gonna throw back little eggs here and there you know what i mean um you know but roman i'm trying to think match of the year you know what main roster i keep talking about it i gotta do it i gotta i gotta give it to murphy and 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 um Roman, and Roman Reigns. Reigns, yeah. Some quick hits before we, we go. Sure. I mean, so I think you and I both kind of have like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano as kind of in-ring MVPs for WWE this year. Well, Johnny Gargano, I think maybe he had, he had this unbelievable match with Adam Cole, but he wasn't as active. So I think by default, I might give it to Adam Cole. Here's, here's my question to you, because I, I, I had... Uh... 
I had Adam Cole kind of as wrestler of the year. But the the remind me of this, and I'm blanking because I got potholes in my brain. But the Chiampa Gargano fight that ended at the start of this year, or was it late last year? That's a great question. Because I... if it was at the start of this year, I feel like even though he was injured, he gave us three against Cole and one against Gargano. Oh, yo, he's maybe yo. I'm not saying he's Okada as far as like skill sets or, or selling out the the Tokyo Dome, but like he's just the guy that keeps putting out banger after banger after banger. Like you could put him in a three man tag. I feel like since he's already done it with DIY, like, yeah. and that's no disrespect to Adam Cole. Um, Fuzz had him as wrestler of the year, uh, Adam Cole, and I. I even I remember watching him in Ring of Honor when he was doing the whole Bullet Club thing. I'm like, yo, this guy's a star. And and you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, Shawn Michaels being back there, I think Shawn Michaels sees a lot of himself in Adam Cole. Even the way he's throwing that super kick, the way he's got, you just see shades of of uh, Shawn Michaels there. Um, I, I I'm just making a case for Gargano because. I'm just blanking on when Ciampa. Ciampa, you know, Ch- uh, Gargano at the beginning of the year had the great singles match with Ricochet for a North American title. Okay. And Tommaso Ciampa had the great match with Aleister Black. For the Got NFC it. Title. Okay. So they were good, but I just don't think they were as active. Whereas, like, Adam Cole, I mean, he was kind of like the Iron Man. I mean, he's carried yeah. NXT this year. And then, you know, to do the stuff he did on the main roster, to oh. have that insane War Games match, take the bump, and the next day work a singles match with Pete Dunne. And by the way, Ciampa worked too in that, in that tag match. I mean, well, I mean, look, the, the, if you have a big three of Gargano, Ciampa, and, and Cole, I don't care what company you are. I mean, you're, you're a very lucky company. And, uh, you know, it sounds like Ciampa wants to stay in NXT for the duration of his career, given his, his mileage and everything. He's, he said publicly, like, he, he wants to stay in NXT or he'll retire. Uh, and I, the coaching. travel would be brutal on his neck. On, yeah. The so, travel you know would be out. Yeah. But you know what, man? I mean, Ciampa, Gargano, I mean, they're all, they're all great. But I, I just think because he's been the most active, you know, Adam Cole uh, for MVP, overall MVP. Yeah, um, I, th- I think cool. if you're talking about main roster MVP, you can split it between the WWE 2K20 cover stars of uh, Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. I feel like they've been popular and very mm-hmm. consistent. Um, honorable mention, Seth and Daniel Bryan, but I, I just think Seth hasn't done himself any favors with his portrayal. Neither has WWE. Um, as far as Tag Team of the Year, for for me, I mean, und- I mean, Undisputed Era overall, but you know, if talking main roster, I mean, New Day's just been consistent, and you can make the argument they became a true main event act this year since Kofi won the title. So, I mean, I, th- I think they've been good. Uh, and, and in terms of, you know, the, the future, I mean, look, the TV deals are escalating. We got the XFL coming up in February. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with Vince McMahon? Yeah. You know he's going to be spread thin. And if there's any inkling, if there's any rumblings of Vince taking his foot off the gas a little bit in WWE and that leaks to, say, you know, the Wall Street Journal or something, uh, I could definitely see the stock price going down a bit, even though, some observers within uh, you know the U.S. stock market have predicted it will go up to $100 this year. I could see that, but I could also see if Vince McMahon gets less involved, that could mean that you know people scare that, away investors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd be like, oh well, Vince is getting less involved. You know, only Vince could run this, so that'll be interesting. But uh, I, look, I expect him to have a busy WrestleMania season. Uh, I think you and I both expect some big returns. Uh, yep. Ronda Rousey, I think, versus Becky Lynch is the way to go, unless uh, Ronda gets pregnant, but. Sounds like she's not. Um, I think uh, Edge is going to come back. Uh, Mike Johnson. Yeah, I'm hearing that rumbling. I'm yeah, Mike Johnson, too. PWA Insider, reported that, and he's a pretty credible guy. I, I think uh, mm-hmm. I take his word for that. And then, you know, which is crazy because you know he had the injured neck and everything. But hey, that that Saudi money, bro. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, Brock Lesnar obviously going to be a little more active come WrestleMania season. Maybe Goldberg comes back. Maybe Undertaker comes back. Dare I say, around Saudi Arabia time, Stone Cold? I mean, no. you never know. With the money they're throwing out there, anything's possible. No. Anything's no. possible. Bro, I know. But anything's possible. You know that. Anything's no, it possible. Must- Yo, it must be great to be so rich that you can bring back your favorite wrestlers out of retirement. Like I can't I can't picture being that rich. Like Yo, that's a, that's a, that's that uh that's not oil money, bro. That, that, that's that, oil that, money, man. Just, that, just wake, can you imagine just like waking up one day and be like, man, you know what? I, I want to see Stone Cold back. No, they they're yo, this this oil money, they're building a world they're building cities in the middle of a desert for a World Cup. They built a stadium out of scratch. For that Anthony Joshua fight, you know they got the WWE wrapped around their finger. Like they, they're probably gonna bring back the the ghost of Luthez to battle like the ghost of Bruno San Martino and hologram. Like it, you know, they'll, they'll, it's like the like the Tupac hologram. They'll get like a, a Bruno yeah. San Martino hologram, a uh, I, I don't know, a Guerrero hologram. I'm, 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 uh, yeah, nothing surprises me anymore. Yo, if they get if they get Stone Cold out of retirement, that's Saudi money. They must have got him a bionic neck. You know, you're telling ta- ta- I mean, dude, Steve Austin, the real seven million dollar man. Yo, if, type if, stuff. If, if they get Sting and Stone Cold out of retirement, you, you know, that money's serious. I mean, we already know that money's serious, but I mean, that's um, I mean, that's some paper right there. I, I think, too, something to keep an eye on uh, Kane Velasquez, because the reason his match with Brock was so short at Saudi Arabia reportedly was because Kane's had a bum knee for a long time. Oh, no, he's hurt again. Which, no, be- which begs the Kane, question, no. which begs the question, why'd you freaking book him in that match then? Or why don't you at least do like a no contest or something? Why'd you have to have him lose to Brock with, with via Kimura? And, and that's the thing, too. At least have Brock take out his knee and have Kane get injured in storyline with, with his knee as opposed to having Brock tap him with an arm hold. Well, technically double wrist lock, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it just, it made no sense. But I do expect Kane back. So, look. No matter what we say about WWE, they're going to be fine this year, barring something catastrophic yeah. with WWE and XFL and, and any other crap and legal crap. I think they'll be fine. I think we'll get a lot of returns. Uh, I, I am going to make a bold prediction and say that this may be not the final year of the Four Horsewomen, but I do think this is going to kickstart a new generation of, of female main eventers because you've had the, the same four for a while now with Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and they've all been great. They're all still relatively young, but I, I do think this is this upcoming year is going to be the year where they try to elevate either a Lacey Evans or, or a Shayna Baszler or Bianca Belair if she gets called up. You know, something like that. I think it's, I think they're well, gonna yeah. they're gonna they're I gonna agree. change it up. So we'll see. And obviously Asuka's always um, still in the mix. So overall I think it'll be a perfectly fine year profitable year for WWE, but it will be interesting long-term seeing what the hell happens with the XFL and how that affects Vince McMahon's mental capacity and physical health because uh, he's one man. He's like a 74, 75-year-old man running two gigantic uh, sports leagues, so we'll see what happens there. What a year it was in, in 2019. I'm definitely looking forward to 2020. Ed, thank you so much for your time, my man. Before we go, where can fans find you and your podcast online if they want to hear more of uh, you and your boys' musings? So, yes, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's the End Fuzz Freak Show, the logo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll, we try to – we once a week, Thursdays. Um, yeah. So the End, Fuzz, uh, the End Fuzz Freak Show on Blog Talk Radio. Excellent. And, hey, man, let's, let's definitely catch up uh, after Wrestle Kingdom. I think there's going to be a lot of breaking news coming out of that. 
Hey, the McGregor fight's coming up, so that maybe too. catch up to that. So hell yeah! All right, thank, thank so you, much, man. Ed.